This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 571, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I don't care what you do, I'm getting out. No, nothing ever shames me. Don't want a thing from you, I'm going out. I don't care if you're angry. I Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 571. I am Josh Flanagan. I am with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. 
and Ron Richards. And when you say you're with Connor, is it like emotionally or just physically? Basically, like when I say I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. I'm with you. <laughs> what is that? It's from My Blue Heaven, one of the greatest. Okay. Yep. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> greatest sequels of all time. Yeah. We are. Hold on. Let's talk about semantics for a while. Um, we are a fanboy, and we talk about semantics. And every week, uh, also a stack of comic books. One of us has the job of picking their favorite book. That is called the pick of the week. We talk about that book. We're going to talk about other books, comic books, and we'll talk about the patron pick. And we may even get to a little listener mail or or, or voicemail. You know what? It's a freewheeling kind of thing. We'll have to see what happens near the end. It'll be a good time. Your spoiler warning is that there are probably going to be spoilers. It's a review show. We're going to talk about what happens in the books. Exercise your caution. Ain't on us, bro. Ron, you had the pick. I did have the pick. And I, as I was reading all my books, I was going through, and I'll be honest, there was there was uh, it was it was neck and neck on a couple of different options. Uh, some books I really really enjoyed, but I I stepped away from it. I, I got some perspective. I looked out at the city, <laughs> and I I realized that maybe it's part mainly due to the uh, to the flanssance that were flashessance that we're going through right now. The, re- <laughs> the renaissance, <laughs> the renaissance of the Flash on TV. But the Flash number sixteen was my pick of the week this week because it really really doesn't get better than the Flash versus the Rogues, and I and this reached a crescendo that was as as much fun to read as to watch like a really close baseball game. Or to like, it was just like a strategic, you know, just a delight to watch the 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 story unfold. Before I get into why this was so good, one nitpick: if you remember, Jesus, was it last week or two weeks ago where we talked about the pre, uh, Flash number fifteen? Yeah, Connor, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, and I complained about how the cover featured Heatwave, but he was barely in the issue. Right. And then this issue, the cover featured Mirror Master, and he's not even in the. He's barely in the issue. I think they switched the covers and screwed up. To be honest with you. Was last week Mirror Master? It was. And this issue opens with a big heat wave. Uh, half the book is all about Flash versus Heat Wave. I think they I think that a little little editorial screw up there in uh, in the Flash office at the at DC Comics headquarters. But regardless of that, as we've been talking about this story arc by Josh Williamson and Carmine D. Domenico, or Gian Domenico, has focused on Flash versus the Rogues. And what we find out in this issue is that this is, you know, uh, Barry Allen figures out that that the whole reason why the rogues are kind of back is because they're making one last score. You know, ins- instead of instead of robbing a bank and stealing some of the diamonds, they stole them all. And so, you know, like, do they just little... steal some when they do the bank well, robbery? You feel well, like... it, says, it, it says here Golden Glyra stole every single diamond in the LexCorp Diamond Exchange, not a handful like she has in the past. Dot, dot, dot. She took all of them. <laughs> You know, and, and Mirror Master stole the statue of Mercury and Corto Maltese and Weather Wizard hit restaurants and, and got bags of money. And, you know, basically they're making huge, huge scores. And Barry realizes that, no, this is their this is their they're making their their ultimate move. They're 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 trying to make their one big last score before they leave town. I know, Connor, you're reading this. Josh, yes. are you reading the flash or no? All right. So, Connor, you can appreciate the chess match of this yeah. where Captain Cold has come up with the ultimate plan, told every rogue what to do. And Heatwave goes off script, and instead of uh, just distracting the Flash and then getting caught like he was supposed to, he thinks he defeats the Flash. And but turns out the Flash made him think he was defeating the Flash because he knew that he'd lead him right to the rogues. And so he's able to defeat all the rogues on a boat, and it's just Flash and Captain Cold like it always should be. And it looks as if Flash has got the upper hand, but up, oh, Captain Cold pulls out a new gun out of his bag. Say hello to my black ice gun. Which does admittedly look kind of like one of the, the what is that game Portal? 
Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, <laughs> it looks a little Halo-y esque, actually, but whatever. But I just love the interplay between the Flash and the Rogues, and I love that it's just a chess match, and it's just that they're each trying to one up each other, and this like, and this idea of respect that they have in their pursuits of you know trying to you know trying to score crimes in Central City and Barry stopping them, and the the rule of the Rogues and and the kind of the gentleman's agreement they have, and when that gets pushed to the limit. And it, as it always, it comes down, you know, Captain Cold and the Flash is like one of the perfect nemesis situations. And uh, this just sang on every page, I thought. Yeah, this is probably my favorite arc. I hate to be the one who always brings it up, but it, it really, for some reason, really bugged me, this issue. Carmine DiGiomenico has done a good job with the art. He's a great artist. He's done a good it's job the with, lines. The, with, with the costume, making the lines look like energy coming out of him. But there was a couple of panels here. Like I, I'm thinking yes. of the double page spread that opens the issue up where he's standing there and you really get to see just how dumb these lines look. Well, yeah, and it's, it's and it's and it's I agree with you. It's absolutely frustrating. There's another panel where he's standing over Heatwave and like all of the lightning is converging on the Flash emblem on his chest and which is like that's how it is in that double page spread in the book open. And I, I like DiGiomenico's art a lot and I think that he's really capturing the kinetic energy that you need when you when you're doing a flashbook and I you know, it's clear that they're trying to pick up what they can from the TV shows, mainly, you know, a lot of time because of the flash, the, the effect of the flash on the TV show, it's just a, a yellow lightning bolt to, to identify Barry as he's running around. And so I see them trying to uh, mirror that, but the execution is just so f- annoyingly awkward. Like you want to say that there's lightning bolts coming out of his sort of his chest area and going all over his body. Yeah. Sure. But why are there these stupid double ones going down his rib cage? Why is it going around his kneecap? Right. Why does it look like it's his costume from a video game? Right. Yeah. But, but a good example of it is that there's the double page spread when he's, when, when he, t- uh, when the flat, when he's on the boat and when he takes out all the rogues, but captain cold, and it's that double page spread of basically him, you know, taking down each rogue. And there's just all this lightning yes. and there's the the cracker, 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 whatever. And you get the sense, okay, yeah, the flash is in movement. There's lightning and the lightning isn't tied to his costume. So there, here it works. Yes. Yeah. It's just when he's sort of standing still, it just becomes clear. Oh, right. You've, you've definitely ruined yeah. the best costume in comics. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But that aside, which I know I can't let go, but it's, and it's been six years, but it's just hard to ignore, you know. You, well, they, they keep adjusting it. <laughs> you know what? You're right. This isn't so good. Let's try another thing. It's like you had it. Yeah. You had you had you had it already. There's you, nothing better. You had it since the 1960s. It yeah. was not like you had it for a week. You had it for five decades. They had it. They had it. And, they and then it. they lost it. But you're right. It doesn't. You can't beat the rogues. <laughs> Your in the problem flash. isn't making the costume. Your problem. Keeping the costume. I'm surprised that you went to 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 bridge it to a Seinfeld joke and not pick up on the chance to do a uh, Sean Connery I did, accent. I, I decided I decided you, to you you zigged where I thought you would zag. Yeah, and, I'm, yep. I'm impre- I, I, and you've got Moxie. I'm impressed. <laughs> great arc with great yeah. art. Other than the costume problems, Flash and the Rogues is always a special thing. You don't want to overdo it. Don't ever make the last score. Don't these guys watch movies? Yeah. They know you know when you make your final big score, it never goes the right way. And I just love the rogues kind of, you know, fall in line for Captain Cold and that he has the plan and he figured it out. And you, it looks like they're going to do it. And it's just that one, you know, his heat wave zigged where he should have zagged. It's always Mick. It's always Mick, Rory. It's always. Although apparently there's a statue of him in Washington, D.C. now. Someone so. needs to send him to a time machine and go into the future and get him away from the rogues. <laughs> if That's smart. a good idea. But I, I just love the planning of Captain Cold and, and then even in the face of thinking he has the flawless plan, being prepared for the fact that it won't by now having this black ice gun. 
Well, he's, he's got levels of his plan. So yeah, to get yeah. back really quickly to the costume. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're obsessed. <laughs> so I, read, I always read Flash in conjunction with Green Lantern because okay. they come out together. Sure. And I went back to confirm this, that I wasn't crazy. When the New 52 launched, Green Lantern also had all those dumb lines on his costume. Okay. However, if you read the Green Lantern books, you'll see all of the Green Lanterns are back to wearing their classic costumes. There are no dumb lines anywhere. Right. Look at the Hal Jordan book. It would not look any different than a book you would have read 10 years ago in terms of what the characters look like. So they're riding the ship. Somehow, the Green Lantern office quietly reverted the look back to the pre-52 costume, and no one noticed. But yet the other <laughs> offices are still dealing with this nonsense. And that really stuck out to me. There's the chance that the Flash office likes it, which is a, is a bigger issue, right? right? I mean, you know, like it's, it, it's, not, the, it's not like they, they got this mandate from DiDio and uh, the Green Lantern office is just ignoring it. Maybe. You know? well, the, although I do like the idea of that, but still, you know. Just to piggyback really quickly off of my bounty last week for, was it last week or the week before, 100 American dollars for the death of Damien? Right. That was last week. It was related, but if anyone wants to get rid of Roy Harper's hat, from this week's Titans, I will give you twenty American dollars. Wow! I will okay. go ahead and add twenty to that. And I don't even read it; I just know that it is an affront. Yeah, yeah. it's conceptually. Yeah. All right. Since we're on the whole costume angle, we might have to start keeping track of these bounties. Well, we haven't even talked about. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I know. I can't, can't even do it. Good issue though. Great arc. Great issue. Love this arc. Love the Flash. I love it when the Flash is in a good spot, and that's where it is now. And I hope it continues. But I will tell you, the close runner-up was the unworthy Thor number four. The Unworthy Thor, number four. Say that three times fast. The Unworthy Thor, number four. Ooh, okay. That is good, yeah. Right. And and purely, for, for a moment, it was the pick in the week from page one, where in the credits under artists, this is a bit of a jam issue with uh, four different artists, and purely by the fact that they were identifying which artist did what by the era of Thor. So you had Olivier Coipel on present day, Fraser Irving on young Thor, Isad Rubik on Worthy Thor, and Russell Dodderman on Unworthy Thor. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. That's a Thor all-star lineup in terms of artists. It is. It, it, was, it, was, quite a, it was quite a thing. <laughs> <laughs> this book would be subtitled Journey to the Hammer. Like, he's just trying to get to that hammer. He gets close, and then someone pulls him away. Well, is there anything greater than Isad Rubik's Worthy Thor section of him lounging? No. Staring no, at I, the hammer, like it was, that was amazing. It was that was like one of those things, like when uh, I'm not saying it, it's as big, but like when Jeff Johns sort of first did all the colored lanterns, and you thought, wow, why did no one think of that? And this right. is one of those, like, wow, has that, how has that never been a thing before? That he's just worried that he's gonna lose. I, I really liked that. that he worries every morning that he's gonna be unworthy. Yeah, that was, yeah, it's, it's good. And the glower on his face as he stares at it. It reminded me of how great that Thor book was. It was so good. And I just love the... I mean, this is this is post-coital Thor, right? I, oh, my God. It is. Look at his pants, dude. It really is. Yeah, his pants are kind of open. He's lounging. He's, I, the, I think those pants are just like that. Oh. And, I, don't and, think, I don't think ours guardians have buttons. Okay, so, yeah, you're right. Looking at, no, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I mean, you're it right. Could, theoretically, it could be post-Yoga Thor. But true, it could be, it could, this, this could be post Yoga Thor. However, Jade Foster is naked in it, so I. She is, yeah. She's, she's wrapped in a sheet. Yeah, maybe she did. Maybe she they just did some hot yoga together. Maybe. <laughs> I prefer to think it was post coital Thor. Yeah, I think it's post coital Thor. I think we definitely yeah. We don't want do yoga. <laughs> this is great. This was really great. I've been enjoying this miniseries. This as Thor, unworthy Thor, whatever the fuck you want to call him, is trying to get to the ultimate Thor's hammer, which 
I don't think wants to go to him based on what's happening in this issue in terms of it's, it seems to be calling out for the ultimate Thor only. Yeah. But, uh, he, he finally gets his hands on it in the last page, so we'll find out next in the final issue, I guess. Good cliffhanger. If, if you look later, um, when they switch to whatever Thor it is that Dodderman is drawing, he has a rope tied around that part of his pants. Gotta hold it up. He had removed the rope for either yoga or coitus. Right. Or maybe um, he, lost, he lost some weight, maybe. What if it was yoga coitus? Well, Yo- coitus later, yoga. later Thor has obviously put on some weight. Cause, yeah. Right. Yeah. Good point. Because he's a, he's been drinking. He's been he's not quite years. as lean as he was in his yoga days. He's just younger. Although he does you say sh- short hair Thor does say that he hasn't had a dr- he stopped drinking like it's he's more focused right. It's Paleo Thor. I, I like the idea of these ad- ad- Thor adjectives. <laughs> it's just like it's like self doubt Thor. It's like it, a Barbie line. Yeah, <laughs> it quickly becomes overwhelming. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and I like that we can just keep adding to whatever it is we need to to describe yeah. the page that we're on. Well, the yes. final page is almost like Fohawk Thor. His his hair is kind of up in the mid on the top a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's no. This is this is great, and this like I said, this is a close close second on pick of the week, just because it, like I like I I'm really enjoying the series, and I thought the art, the mix of art styles and the artists as well. I mean, you can be Fraser Irving, Eastside Ribic in any book, and then Coypel and Dowderman. I mean, like that's just a, a great lineup. Yeah, I will tell you one thing though that it left me with a bit of a sour taste. Oh, that last bit on the last page, that's what they whatever the fuck they did with Nick Fury now, right? Wait. I think so. Yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. Fifty yeah. American dollars <laughs> for what? <laughs> What are you talking? The guy in the, the guy in the rope, the guy in the robe oh, with the yeah. chains. That's that's Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah, that, is Nick yeah Fury. that needs to be wiped from the face of the earth. So fifty American dollars for that one. The new watcher. Fuck yeah, tech yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, look, it's, look it, and by the way, his eye glows like a fucking spider. It's Jesus. one of the dumbest things they've done, and they've done a lot of really dumb things. But I, we don't know what to do with Nick Fury. We can't have him on the page because he doesn't match Samuel L. Jackson. Let's make him the watcher. <laughs> sure, why not? That'll be fun. It's literally it's stupider than Hal Jordan is Spectre. Yes, it's on, no, it's, it's it's on the same level. It's no. it's, 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 it's Hal Jordan the at least was thing. a cosmic level hero exactly. who dealt, who dealt okay. with that All stuff. Right, on a, this fair. is like yeah. we're gonna take the World grizzled World War II vet and let him living on the moon in in a robe with chains. That's fair. That's fair. Seven. Or was he a World War II vet or was it the Gulf War? I can never keep track with Marvel. You shut your mouth. It's World War fucking two. I know. <laughs> His son, Samuel L. Jackson, fought in Desert Storm. <laughs> no, I don't think he did. I, think it was I don't care. I never read it. <laughs> stupid. Anyway, we'll talk about stupid. IVX number four. Just This just really gets my goat. This really gets my goat. About every issue, aren't we? No, we're not. I haven't been. I purposely haven't been, by the way. I skipped a couple issues, by the way, sirs. Isn't this like one it. taking place before the issue we talked about last time? Yeah, that's that's that's, that's kind of where that's what I'm annoyed at. So last week I talked about Young X Men or no New X Men, whatever the fuck X Men, just X Men. Young X Men, no, it's it's all new X Men, right? Unworthy X Men, postcoital X Men. The same joke works. And in that issue, the stupid mosaic character jumped into Cyclops after he had jumped into Magneto and then stole the stole the stole the the Blackbird, right? And took off. And I read that and I was like, oh, this clearly happened in an issue of some Inhumans book that I don't care about. So I right. missed this chapter of the crossover, right? Mm-hmm. Except that it appears to have happened in this issue and happened nearly only vaguely similar to what happened in that issue of X-Men that I read. 
Uh, that's crossover 101, people. Who started drawing this? Was it Neil Francis U? I think it was, yep. Yeah, we've come a long way, baby. And then, yeah, no, to, to, to who's this guy? Javier Garon, um, who, you know, isn't bad, but it, this, but, uh, but what, what drives me crazy is that the end of the issue is this the, the dumb mosaic character uh, comes out of Cyclops' body and arrives, and there's Ms. Marvel and the other young Inhumans or whatever, and, uh, and Ms. Marvel, you know, asks the question that the issue ends on is, uh, who are the good guys here? It's the same role she played in Civil War. It's so stupid. She's playing the exact same role she played in Civil War 2. It's like we're having the same thing all over again. It's stupid and lazy. That's my problem with this. It's like we need to have the X-Men and Inhumans fight. The X-Men are going to want to fight a cloud, and the Inhumans are going to want to protect the cloud. Make that work. <laughs> and then Ms. Marvel goes... Who are the good guys? Like she did three months ago for Civil War II. I think that my problem overall with the state of the world in terms of X-Men and Inhumans is, and I, I realized this a couple of weeks ago, is I just don't care about the Inhumans. Yeah. I've been trying really, really hard. I've been reading all the books. But other than like three of them, like Medusa and Black Bolt, Lockjaw, and maybe Karnak, I just don't care about any yeah. of them. I, uh, maybe Crystal, too. I yeah, don't know what their names that. are. I don't know what their powers are. I really don't care what happens to them. I don't I like feel any affinity to bit. them. I mean, like, literally, there's a whole sequence in the beginning of this issue where Medusa and the other Inhumans who are trapped in limbo are trying to figure out how to get out. And it's literally laughable in terms of what I remember the Inhumans being as what they are now. You know, and at one point, doesn't she say to uh, Gorgon to use your, what is it, to, you know, we're going to, you'll need to use your sonic stomp. Mm. It's like, really, does he call it a sonic stomp? Like, it's just like, it just, Stan, what had him say that? I don't know about that. Over the weekend, I read Marvel's, I haven't read it in probably 15 years. Yeah. I realized I didn't own a collection of it, so I bought a, the collection. And well, I've got like nine, you should have told me. I keep buying it. Every time they put it out, I buy it. The part where they show up, it's very brief, but you reminded you of what a big deal it was when the Inhumans showed up and how cool they right. were. Right. And now they're just sort of this boring X-Men knockoff. And yep. they're so focused on the new characters because they're trying to build them up that the ones that are actually compelling aren't doing anything. Who's the, Let me ask you something. Um, who's the who's the fish Inhuman? Fish Inhuman. Triton. Triton, yeah. There's that shot in both Fantastic Four and Stan and Jack's run and in Marvel's where it, it, it is an echo of it when Triton is driving a truck. Yes, yes. I could see that panel in my head. I could draw it for you. Not as good as Alex Ross or Jack Kirby, but I just love the idea of Triton driving a truck. <laughs> it's, it's good. Just, it's just this is my problem. But no, but that, I I totally agree with you. The Inhumans used to be they were they were they were royalty. They were in the secret place. They were you know rumored about. They weren't as apparent even when they're on the moon. Like that worked too. All this kind of stuff. And now it's just shitty X Men knockoff. And so I feel bad because I got into a little Twitter spat with one of the listeners, and I apologize to you. I didn't. It wasn't really a spat, and I forget. I forget the guy's name. If I can find it, I'll mention it. He was defending IVX. Uh, here we go. Uh, Daniel on Twitter was saying, you know, that he likes the characterization in IVX. It was good. I go, yeah, except they're fighting a cloud. <laughs> like it's just everything. It's just you're fighting a cloud. Like that. That's that. That's that's the whole film about this. that. You can't tell. It wasn't wasn't valid. Yeah, I know exactly. So it just bothers Would me. Would you prefer they fight so. trees? No. No. Have you considered not reading it? <laughs> I did. Well, the thing is, I no, Josh, baby steps. I'm not reading every chapter of it. It's true. He's right. It's growth. I'm, I'm. I'm only reading. I'm only reading the X Men books that I'm reading and the main book. I'm not reading. I'm. You know, you couldn't. You, you want one of those bounties? I'm not reading Uncanny Inhumans. I'm not reading any Inhumans. You know, like I'm not doing any of that. But it's. It's not like. It's not like I can't understand the the storyline. But I still want to know. I'm very excited for what's going to happen in April with the X Men. But I want to know how it gets there. So we'll see. 
Bah. All right. <laughs> Angry. So Jessica Jones number five, I thought was a really interesting sort of meta commentary on comics in general. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked. I, li- I thought this was a Which great I, issue. I, I got the same vibe as I was reading this. I was like, really? Are we doing this? It was. <laughs> so for those who haven't been reading it, Josh, I assume you're still not reading it for some bizarre reason. Josh, you should read this issue, Josh. I, there's a lot of things I should do. This book feels like the old Jessica Jones book. We should uh-huh. pause the podcast and give Josh time to go right. read the book. Go we'll, read, we'll wait. We'll wait. For I'm me. like three issues back. <laughs> no, I know. Anyway, this is like old Jessica Jones and then with a weirdo, bizarro commentary on comics. Which so is like- one of the things that Bendis has always done going back to Powers was whenever there's like a scene in the police station, there's always been somebody being taken away who's yelling about something meta, right? So like yeah. he, he'd have his characters commenting on something going on in comics. And so here, Jessica's been dealing with this Hydra agent, but in the background, she's had a PI case and it involved a husband and a wife. And the, at the end of the last issue, we found out that the husband killed the wife and the police have brought him for questioning, but he will only talk to Jessica. So this whole issue is basically Jessica and the guy talking. It's like a classic Bendis issue of just a giant conversation. Although there is a sub, there's a sub-conversation between Luke Cage and Ben Yurick that's also very good. Although Luke Cage right. is exactly like the guy from the TV show. But that, that was a great conversation, by the yeah, way. Yeah, this is basically the whole issue of two conversations, and Bendis does that really yeah. well. Yeah. And here, so the guy says basically... I'm from another reality. You superheroes broke reality. He basically, he's mentioning, you know, the uh, was it Secret, Secret Wars, Wars and how he slipped through with a handful of other people. He knows it. He had a family in the other universe. He has a wife here he doesn't know. So he killed her because he realized there's no consequences because none of this is real anyway. It's all going to get reset. And it just ended up being this really long, interesting conversation about, you know, superhero comics. And he's like... Trying to tell her, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to, it's going to all change. He said he wanted, he wanted to test the theory that nothing matters by, I'm just going to kill my wife and see what happens. And, and if, if nothing happens, then nothing matters. And she's like, you're literally in jail. And he's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, uh, he's like, he's talking more on a uh, bigger level than, than, you know, than like to do something really, really bad, for, you know, and he's like, yeah, no, it, 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 I can, and we can kill whoever we want. It doesn't matter because you guys broke all this. You took me from my reality and nothing happened. He just keeps on saying nothing matters. And it's a very logical, I mean, slightly insane, but also it's just like, yeah. And the story point that move that's going to move forward is basically your buddies, yeah. your buddies did this. You don't know about it. Don't you think you should know about it? You should go find out. And at the end of the issue, she walks out of the police station and you know sort of screams uh, in frustration because she re- she realizes it's probably true that her her friends broke the reality so yeah uh, although so that was the middle of the issue when she screamed but she, then she goes back to the Hydra agent and says basically uh, fuck all this yeah so, and she 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 agrees to take down carol yeah or give them what they need for Carol, you know, like, so I, this is going in a very interesting direction. And I can admit that I was skeptical about it at first, but now I'm like, oh man, this was, this was, this cool. is a, this is a good endorsement. I will say. Yeah. Go check it out. Cause I felt like at first we were all like, we're not sure. Yeah. It was like, it was like, all right, I, obviously you're doing this thing again, but should you, uh, the same question that has recently popped up with the new David Brent movie, which, <laughs> you know, should we, should we, should this be, should I put any, which I just keep it like it is in my mind, which was perfect, you know? I don't know. This but is good. If this is good, I'll check it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, it's been good. Real quick, how you can help support iFanboy, iFanboy.com slash support. That's where you can find our Amazon link. Everyone who shops at Amazon who uses that link, we thank you very much. We get a little piece of your sale or your purchase. Nothing comes out of your pocket, comes out of Amazon's pocket. Not sold. We don't get a piece of that. A piece of your sale. Right. Sale, not soul. Very right. important v- vowel distinction. I was trying to slip that through, and you guys ruined it. <laughs> I was going to try to side business of collecting souls. 
Uh, you get uh, whatever you want from Amazon. Nothing comes out of your pocket. We get a little piece of that. It helps keep the lights out, and we appreciate everyone who does that. Also, fanbutter.com slash support is a direct donation button via PayPal. You click on that, and just, you know, if you don't want to be a member of the Patreon or, or go through Amazon, you can just throw a couple of dollars that way. Again, tax season rapidly approaching if you need to unload some cash. We are here. That's not how it works, but it's a joke. We are a shelter. We yeah. are a tax shelter. Go for it. So you can do it there at the direct donation button via PayPal. Also, patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where all the exciting things are happening. We've unlocked many different rewards. You'll hear about some of them on this show, but the next reward we've unlocked is the t-shirts. We updated you last week. Is there an update this week, Ron? Uh, we are working on it. Right, so there you go. So t-shirts are coming. <laughs> yes. The next reward to be unlocked is we will do this show live streaming every week if we unlock the next rewards. You get to watch us. This week you would have seen... Struggling to do the opening would have been your uh, delight to watch this morning. We had to do it about four <laughs> times. But with, with laughter. Oh, sure. <laughs> but what you miss when you don't see it live is sometimes we mess up the opening. have to start over. So that's what you'd have seen. If you hit the next reward level, you get to see that every week. Check that out. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. And thanks to you, everyone who does all those things. All right. Real quickly, uh, Wicked in the Vine number 26 is just a reminder of the magic that is Jamie McKelvey and Matt Wilson working together. And while well, I love Kieran and you, you may not know what the hell's going on in the book and the gods and all the kind of crazy shit, just flipping through the pages of this book. There, there were some pages in this issue that was just like, Jesus Christ, they're good. So that's your, this, is your, this is your every now and then reminder. Power Man and Iron Fist is, I think, our consensus for the best book Marvel's publishing. And it's only got two issues left. So that's nice. Yeah. That was a nice little Merry Christmas for everybody. I got two words for you. Can you guess what those words are? Go screw. Elmo Bondock. <laughs> I wasn't going to guess that. I wasn't either. This is my new favorite artist name, Elmo Bondock. Well, I wanted to mention that Elmo Bondock is really good. And he's the f- yeah. villain artist this week, and normally I get annoyed when Sanford Green's not drawing it. However, I really liked Elmo Bondock's art. So there yeah. you go. If you're not reading this, you got two more months to get on the train, but this was the best book Marvel's publishing. It'll probably be for the next two months, and then one less Marvel book to read. David Walker is still writing the new Luke Cage book, so let's give him a chance, but it's very disappointing that they're ending this at 15. Well, it's going to be Luke Cage... TV style, which I will watch the show for, and I'll return to the comics to read the comics version. That's how it's supposed to work, and now it's all the same. Yep. So there you go. Detective Comics 950 was funny because when I saw on the list, I thought, oh, 950 in the old days, that would have been an anniversary issue. And then I (laughs) opened it up, and it said, Detective Comics 950, oversized anniversary issue. I thought, yay! And then I read it, and I was like, boo! Yeah, so much. In the old days, the, the anniversary issues were usually... Again, not always, but usually, like little vignette anthology one, you know, short stories done by all-star creators. And this was a bunch of trailers for upcoming storylines, and it felt very lame. That's I, bad. I, I say I was leaning towards getting away from this book. There's things I like about it, but then there's other things that I find very boring about it. And this issue did not help. Yeah, there was a lot of talking, like a ton of, of explaining what's going on. It hu- like, if you just flip through it, there's huge word balloons everywhere. Yes, yes. There's nothing happening. It's talking about stuff. I mean, like, when we get to the Azrael part, I was like, I, fell, I literally, I fell asleep reading it. I skipped the Azrael storyline. I, I cannot stand Azrael. Couldn't care less about him. So I, just, like, I just skipped it. Second full page spread, if you look at the bottom, the whole thing is just big word balloons, you know, against a scene yes. of some kind. And, and I kind of nodded off during that, and I flipped to the next page, and I saw 
more explaining in the Batcave. And I was like, all right, I'm out. And I just and then the, the next the next spread is the same thing. Yeah. And I was just like, no matter what happens here, I don't care. Except for that Asriel with his hood off looks like Thor used to look uh, in the 80s when he was in his secret identity. Yes, you're right. It looks like the doctor. Uh, I can't Do- remember his name. Dr. Donald Blake. Yeah. Yeah. No, he had a he had a Sigur Sigurd Jarlson. Uh, Sigurd Jarlson, yeah. Yeah. Just which I always liked. It was literally there was like five stories and every one of them was a trailer for a, a storyline's going to come up soon. Lame. Yeah, and, and uh, one of the things that I really liked about this was that um we're going to get to this, I guess, but I'm I believe a placeholder here, I guess. One of the things I really liked about this book that I thought that adding um Clayface to it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I like what they're doing with it. But I'm starting to see it happen in other books in exactly the same way, and it's annoying. What, the bad guy joins the team? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, oh, my, yeah, they love that. They my love clay that. face thing is I don't understand what's wrong with him. I can't wrap my head around what – like they built him some sort of device to fix what's wrong with him, but I don't know what's wrong with him. There's always a but. It's because no, he now be, he's he, got like a – he's got a Sophie's Choice thing where he – the longer he stays human, the more it's going to rip his DNA apart. So that he won't be able to be human. So does that mean he can't use his clay powers to change his appearance? Is that what they're saying? I don't know. See, that's what I didn't understand. Anyway, this was disappointing. Yeah. All right. Action Comics, number 973. I complained about Superman last week where I said I hated it. But this week, like, they pulled me in basically because the cover was, who's this Clark Kent? And I was like, all right, let's get to it so I can be done with this book. Just tell me who that guy is. You were complaining last week about the Superman comic, but the Clark Kent storyline has been happening in action. Yeah, I know, I know. But for a little while, they were all sort of well, interjoined. Inter- and I, yeah. I kind of, like, I don't really differentiate between Superman and action. Just when it, when it comes out, that's the part of the story. Look, this story, you know, Lois Lane goes undercover for a story, and, and Superwoman's dying, and whatever. My, I was reading this, and I was like, listen, I realize as Superman, you're very busy. There's a lot of pull on your time. Everybody wants a piece of you. However... <laughs> if there was some dude walking around pretending to be you, living your life, I feel like that's the number one priority on my list. Right? I mean, there's this right. guy pretending to be Clark Kent. He's at the Daily Planet. He's on the scene for stories. And every time he comes up, Clark's like, eh, that's weird, but I'll deal with that later. I got this other thing going on. I'm like, no. There's a dude who's pretending to be you. That is, to me, job one. I feel like he did that thing where... This was totally like a like a seventies comic book. Yeah. Like like having her dress up like a waitress and I was like, that's wacky. Why are they doing this? I agree with you, but I also feel like he did that thing where like remember when George W. Bush met Putin, he's like, I looked into his soul, he's a good guy. Right. And I feel like that's what they did with Superman and Clark Kent. Eh, he's okay. I'm still, not gonna worry about it. Still like, who is he? And why is he doing this? And how did this all happen? I feel like should be <laughs> dealt with pretty quickly. I got a question that I'd like to have dealt with. Yeah. Is the artist Patch Zercher? Yes, Patrick, Patrick Zercher. Zercher. So that is Patrick Zercher, right? Yeah. It wasn't just okay. yeah, that's his Twitter was, handle. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, good. It's wait, like wait, in the old good. days when MD Bright would be MD Bright or Doc Bright yeah. or, you know, in the credits. Yeah. They just sort of were. That was very confusing. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. Mark Bright. We didn't have the access to the same information we do now. Right. Action Comics I need to focus. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this issue. I need to focus. Like it's just like it's dealing with a bunch of shit. It's like me on a work day. It's just like can you handle this? Yeah, sure. And then you're before you're done with that, somebody hands you something else, and it's just focus. It, you don't. You can do whatever you want in this story. You don't have to fix everything. I do really want to know. I really want to know. It's literally the only reason I'm reading it anymore. Mm. That's it. Deal with that. Like if I have a lot going on in my life, but there was some dude who was also me, also in my life, I'd focus on that. That's all I'm saying. Continue. 
Continue. <laughs> so Star Wars Dr. Afra number four. Josh, I got two words for you. I'm listening. Admiral Ozzel. Yeah. Uh, I, gig- I, I giggled. So at the at the end of this issue, when the skirmish is over and the Captain Tallvan has to report in, she's reporting into Admiral Ozzel, and I see a little hologram Ozzel as drawn by Kev Walker with a mustache, and I was like, I'm happy. I like how he has taken on, like, the corporate line. Yep. He's like, I'm going to talk to her like Vader does and see how that goes. Yep. And he liked it. He liked how yeah. it felt. I really want to go deeper. I want to go... I want comics that go deeper on Ozzel. I would read Star Wars Admiral Ozzel, a miniseries about Admiral Ozzel. Well, you would. And I would. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not going to be a feature. So. <laughs> anyway. Um, it no, this definitely is definitely be better than a story of Yoda climbing a hill. But it, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like what Kieran Gillen is writing with the story and that it's basically like a, like Dr. Afra and her father. It's kind of like Indiana Jones-esque adventure in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Which I I'm, I'm 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 liking it. What if it was a book called Star Wars: The Admirals, and each issue was about a different admiral? Fuck oh, yes. that, oh God, sign me up. <laughs> sign like like. Oh my God, did you read Gerard? That was good. But Piet? <laughs> oh man, I would love or just a Star Wars: The Bureaucracy. You know, <laughs> like I just I want to I want I want General Taggy like doing paperwork. I oh, want you know. Oh God, I want I want I want to find the guy who's in charge of the landing codes. General Veer's requisitioning supplies for his adats. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, that would be genius. Oh, so, you get no complaints. The, the Star Wars, the bureaucracy. There you go, guys. Uh, <laughs> free idea. I'm going to text Jason Aaron right now and tell him that. <laughs> All right, so that said. I know uh, what he's going to say. <laughs> hey, this is Connor, and this is the part of the show where normally we'd be talking about Justice League of America Rebirth number one, giving it our ratings. If we hadn't left it off the script by accident. So, we didn't talk about it, it didn't happen, we apologize. And we now return to the Pick of the Week podcast, already in progress. <laughs> yeah, so that was all the books that we enjoyed this week. But you, the patrons, get to uh, pick a book to make us read and talk about here on the book. You're going to force us to read it. Luckily, this week, it was a book that I was already planning on reading. It was Kingpin Number 1, published by Marvel Comics, written by Matthew Rosenberg, with art by Ben Torres, colors by Jordan Boyd. What did you... Ben Torres of Rolling Stone? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Check this out. It's a mojo. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Kingpin Number 1 from Marvel, what did you guys think about that? I had read Matt Rosenberg's previous Kingpin Number 1, and I thought it was pretty good, and I enjoyed it, but I wasn't all that interested in it. Yeah. Um, so I pro- I don't know if I would have read this, but I was really glad I did. I super I enjoyed it way more than the last number one. It was like this would have been maybe a pick of the week for me. Wow, that is crazy. This was in tight contention for pick of the week. I really enjoyed it. I like Ben Torres's art a lot. I just wrestle with if he's the right artist for this book. It sends a page every eighteen minutes. I I sorry feel like I'm living in a bizarre world. Why? I thought the art was not professional level wow well this goes back to something that we were talking about where the level of art in comics has been you know downgraded but i do like ben torres i think i i don't i think he's professional i just don't know if it was the, this was the right book for him but i also I, I just didn't care about anything that happened in this book and i don't think i think marvel's strategy of making their villains protagonists i mean we're also reading a dr doom book is a bad yeah, one no, you're right so what are the two things that can happen here? We can either learn something humanizing about Kingpin when he's not really quite as bad as he was before, or he's just going right. to be a monster through the whole thing. Right. And so, okay, 
I don't need to know he's a monster. He's better when he's a villain as a monster. I don't need to follow a story about it. Or if, if I try to humanize him, like any more humanizing and he's not a bad guy anymore. It's true, but but so I don't disagree with you. But I think one of the things that was happening is that it's almost like you're I, I think he's a monster. I think the last page is is sort of the the key that that he's a monster. But we're like spending time with seeing how like a sociopath charms people. And it worked on me as a reader. And even though in my mind, I'm like, that's a bad guy. They shouldn't change him or whatever. I was like, I kind of want to spend more time with him. I mean, he's kind of charming. And I like that yo-yo sort of happening in the story because I know we've been down that road a bunch. And this is definitely taking a cue, I think, from the Daredevil TV show where, you know, Kingpin was sort of two-sided. But on the other side, he was still a ruthless killer. And that's sort of over – that's like that's like so many sort of good TV shows that have had like the Tony Soprano thing where you kind of like him. You kind of want to hang out with him. And then every once in a while, you have to be reminded that he's just evil. It does suck me in. I like how it kind of keeps fooling me. The the Vic Mackey character, something like that. And also, just to, to speak to the art, like, I actually see what you're saying. But I thought, stylistically, there was some really... I really like that first page where he's, like... Or it's not, not the first page. The first page with Kingpin, where, like, he's got his big hands and he's, you know... It definitely borrowed a little from sort of a Frank Miller thing. And I can see what you're talking about. But, like, stylistically, I thought it worked, even though I think there was some probably technical issues that weren't quite right her neck has problems <laughs> yeah it, it definitely from the writing side i mean we all know and, and full disclosure matt rosenberg is is a friend of my a friend of ours but also a, a good friend of mine so i'm um, um, you know there's a little bit of bias there and that i enjoy it but i'll be a little critical here in that it's definitely borrowing and this is this one's for you connor it's definitely borrowing a lot from the netflix show characterization mm-hmm but yeah, it, it was. I mean, ve- yeah, I know that's not surprising. Yeah, but it should be. I don't know if it should or shouldn't be, but well, it definitely, it definitely. I could hear Vincent D'Onofrio saying these lines and all that kind of thing. And and I know they're doing some big Daredevil. You know, like they've got they're they're rallying around Daredevil here between this and the Bullseye series and and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know what it's all working towards. But I I, I was engaged and and it didn't. I mean, hey, it, you know, I didn't fall asleep reading it, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> which may or may not have happened to one of uh, the. One of the people on this podcast uh, yeah. recently, but Connor, I see, I see your point. I did struggle with the art, um, not because I think Torres is bad, and maybe he's not. You know, he's a newer artist, so I think he's still got a lot of work to do. But I just, I don't know if the tone worked for me. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I hundred, I'm watching, I'm looking at the watching, looking at the panels of her sitting at the bar, and I see what you're talking about, Connor. It's right there, yeah. but yeah. you know, sort of just if I was going by on just style and you know mojo or whatever it is, like it worked. Yeah. All right, so uh, ratings, ratings, Josh, ratings. Four. All right, Connor. Two. I'm going to go with a four as well. Four. Um, four. Uh, sticking with it. No. Yes. Yes, I will. So, All right, there you go. So if you want to uh, become a patron, you can vote on the, the, the pick each week and help us pick out a book to read. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, and that's not all you get. That's right. Josh? Yeah, every week uh, we are going to give superpowers <laughs> out. I was actually looking through the thing. I was like, okay, I'm not first. Um, we give superpowers <laughs> out to our patrons. We're, we're doling them out four at a time, four every week. So we are going to get to you. Uh, but for uh, what's the level? Is it over five? I think it's over five, I think. Over five. I'll verify that. I, I felt like I, I've been meaning to put that into the script so we wouldn't so we would know. If, if you hear me do this spiel, I all I often pause at that same point and, uh, and yeah. I'm like, no, I don't remember. So uh, And yeah. then there's a little like I should know this. No, so actually oh. it's uh, it's five dollars and up. Five yeah. and up. So we had it right. We just didn't know we did. 
We're just not confident. That's the thing. We're unworthy, Thor. So uh, <laughs> first up, Connor, you, 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 you go. You yes. got your Tim Meekins. Thank you for being a patron. Tim Meekins has Swiss Army fingers. In that every one of his fingers can change into an attachment found in a Swiss Army knife, a standard one, not the oversized one. Come on, that's too many attachments. But just the regular one. Corkscrew, <laughs> sure. Uh, flat head screwdriver, absolutely. You need a guy with a Phillips head, you know, he's got his ring finger for that. Question. Yeah. Physically? Yes, his fingers. Like, are his, are his, are his fingers are those things? He's no, like, he can change like them. From, he can change them from regular fingers to these things. Like a clay face kind of thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Toothpick? Can he turn it into anything or only items one would find on a Swiss Army only knife? Only items from a standard Swiss Army knife. Like the – wait a minute. Well, now what's standard? There's the standard size one, the regular one. And there's like a giant like, wait, No, you're one. talking to the travel one or the or – the, I mean, the there are ultra, dozens. There, I feel like I, I, when I think of Swiss Army knife, I think there are three levels. There's the little one that's got that, the little scissors. It's the keychain one. And the, yeah, the no, little scissors and the little tweezers. No, 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 okay, no, no. So, so then the next stuff is you've got a couple of different size knives – uh, maybe a screwdriver one, you know, the it's classic. got like six, the six things. Then the classic, there's the, classic. then there's the mega one. That's like got 20 things that, that, that like the dad brought home in gremlins. I believe I said not the mega one. That's the bathroom okay, funny. That's not, it's the classic. <laughs> he didn't bring it home. He invented it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Swiss army classic. Okay. All right. So he has a small blade, scissors, screwdriver, toothpick, tweezers. And there you go. All right, cool. Standard Swiss Army knife. All right, yeah. cool. The question, is it Swiss? Well, you is know. Is he Swiss? Is he Swiss? I mean, like, is, does it have the Swiss logo on it or no? No. I mean, his fingers don't turn okay. red. They just, you know. All right. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Listen, does he affect a Swiss accent when he uses it? Yes. <laughs> and listen, will he get involved in a fight? No, he's neutral. No, no, no. He's, he's right. like, yeah. he, he, just, he stays back and makes a lot of money. Right. right, exactly. Okay, uh, Jeffrey Wisniewski, Jeffrey W., uh, <laughs> I want to thank for being a patron. And Jeffrey can fry bacon on, the, on his forearms. Hmm. Nah. So his, for, his forearms heat up and like a heating element, and he can put a strip of bacon there and it'll cook, but only bacon. So if you touch his forearm, you're not going to get burned? No, no, it just it literally only warms bacon. It's a it's a frequency thing. Does does he have to make it happen or is it always like that? Cuz could somebody like surreptitiously put bacon on his arm and cook? Yeah, no, yeah. If you if you if he if if a bacon delivery fell on top of him, <laughs> it, it immediately start starts sizzling as soon as it hits his forearms, but only from his wrist to his elbow. Right. Now, what level of heat are we talking about? Full heat? Um if you leave the bacon on there, it will burn, but you know, but but the it, correct it, temperature. Like a, the correct like temperature, a, right? Like a yeah, exactly. slight medium slightly medium high. Yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Because right. so. okay. you don't want it too low. It'll, it, okay, right. I have a practicality question. Sure. <laughs> uh, where does the fat go? Is there a collection source of any kind, or does it just run off? Um, it absorbs into his arm. Oh. That, that can't be healthy. <laughs> right, no, but, 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 but his, his body processes it. It's not like he gets fatter. <laughs> but that's really helpful, actually. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's self-contained, yeah. Huh. It kind of comes out, it comes out with the, in the waist. I don't want to go in that guy's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Jason, Chris Baker, I want to thank you for being a, a patron. Um, you guys know when you just get a little, a little snatch of a song in your head, not necessarily a lyric, just a little melody or a couple of notes, mm -hmm. and there's no way to ch check that? Mm -hmm. Ask Jason. Oh, wow. So he's like Shazam. You can identify that no matter, no matter what it is. It's uncanny. That's all of my powers. They're all uncanny. 
But he, he can, if you were like, I got this thing in my head, it's, you know, da 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 da. He's like, oh, that's that game show theme song. Oh, God, thank God. Which game show theme song? I don't know. I was just making that up. Oh, okay. Because that would mean a lot. I mean, it just happened that Spanish flea. The classic episode of Married with Children when Al Bundy couldn't remember him. Right. Sadly, I remember that episode and I hated that show. It's a great show. Yeah. Pedro Picor. Hopefully, that's close to what your name is. Air, PK? Yeah. Pedro always has stamps. <laughs> Do they materialize? They just or? materialize. You don't know right. where they come from. It's not like he's got a big roll. It's just, you need a stamp. There's the stamp. Right. I am holding in my hand a warranty card for a guitar effects pedal that has been sitting here on this workbench <laughs> for at least six weeks because I don't have a stamp. There you go. You need to get Pedro around. Yeah, if only you knew Pedro, he would help you. Or could go to a store with whatever stamps cost now. <laughs> what do stamps cost now? 40? I think they're like 44 and a half now. No, I think that they're is... more than that. They're like 47, 48. Yeah, they were a half a half a cent for a while, and that blew my mind. Because I, 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 I didn't know we could do that again still. I thought we had moved beyond it's a half two a bits cent. for a stamp now, I think. The fucking hay penny. Yeah. You anyway, got to buy uh, stamps. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. You got to. They're half a cent. I don't have a half cent for you. You got to buy two stamps. Oh, no. I see how it. Let's have a standoff here. I want to buy one stamp. I just want one stamp. Yeah. You give me change. Give me half a penny of change. Anyway, you know how right. to make the stamp. Not a whole stamp. All right. So go to Patreon.com. You can sign up. Anybody five dollars or higher gets a superpower. And now we're going to hear from you, the audience, not just patrons. Anybody, any audience member can call or write in by calling, sending us a audio file via email. And that's what Alex from Brazil did. Who wants to know if he's screwed? Hey guys, this is Alex from Brazil. You can also call me Joepedia, since the superpower you guys gave me was that I know everything about every GI Joe character ever. I've been thinking about my question for the past 15 years, ever since I've read Robin number one in 1992. And my question is, I really love Tim Drake. Am I fucked? That was my first DC comic, and from that I became a lifelong DC fan. And right now I just can't connect to the DC universe at all. Will I ever feel the connection again? Do you guys still feel the connection you guys felt? Should I just let it go and enjoy comics for what they are and don't worry about my DC love? Thanks for everything, guys. Now, I don't mean to stereotype. <laughs> that was the sexiest voicemail we've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> at first, I said it as a joke, and then it kept going. Like, do you feel a connection? I was like, I do. Yes. I do, Alex. <laughs> it's goddamn sexy. So, that's what it is. <laughs> you know, if that's offensive, so be it. The first bit of bad news for Alex is that 1992 wasn't 15 years ago. It was 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to go downhill from here. <laughs> unless, unless you're calling us from 10 years ago, which, in which case. Possible. But yeah, because he said it. I was like, wow, it's only been 15 years since Robin number one. And I was like, that can't be possible. I graduated college. I mean. They didn't you know. start thinking about it until 10 years after that. Yeah, so, yes. He's, <laughs> I mean... Yes? <laughs> I, I, would, I don't have a lot of faith in the mainstream comics world at the moment. I'm enjoying the books. I have fun reading them and talking about them. But in terms of long-term strategy, feeling like they know what they're doing, feeling like they have good ideas to keep moving forward, I don't have a lot of faith in either company. I think Marvel is shackled to their 
other media. I think DC dug a hole with New 52, and they, they, they want to have it both ways, so they don't actually move forward. I'm willing to wait until the big event that's supposed to be coming that's going to sort everything out, but who knows? That hasn't been really mentioned since the rebirth. You know, I've, I've, I'm, as people might imagine, I've got the same problems as Alex has. I don't feel the same deep connection to the DC Universe I, that I used to. And so... Well, I mean, this, this is the eternal question. I mean, you, and you could substitute DC with X-Men for me or Marvel for anybody, you know, for... That, I feel, that's I feel worse I mean, about Marvel a little bit because at least DC's keeping the characters around. Like, I've just only recently stopped crying myself to sleep over Cyclops, and I just don't know what else, you know, what more I can take. But no, no, in, in reality, it's like it's hard when that your connection is – well, that joke bombed, by the way. <laughs> when it, like there was just no reaction from either of you. We just let it go. <laughs> yeah. But, I was um, trying to think of a follow-up, and I didn't have anything, and then too much time passed, so we, yeah. we had to keep going. Fair enough. But yeah, but the, the, the thing is, is that like when that, that thing, that link that, that got you into it is gone, it's, it can be demoralizing. And then you look for other things to interest you and there's not, not a whole lot there sometimes. So I, I mean, I, my advice to Alex, I mean, you know, you know, listen, you're, you sounds like you're a sexy, sexy man. <laughs> Just hang in there because it comes and goes. I mean, as you get older, this is this goes with anything. As you get older, you you fade, you come back, you fade, you come back. All so. right, let's. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's. My worry is that's no longer true. We used to yeah. say that all the time about mainstream comics, but it really does feel like the last five years has been a real fundamental change in the way Marvel and DC do business. I mean, let's let's also take on board like maybe it's us or you or like you know like. You don't have the same relationship because you're not the same person and they're not the same kind of company. Yeah. You know, and and that's not bad. It's not irregular. It just happens. Right. Like like a 25 years is a long time to expect something to a be the same and 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 see make you know make you feel the same. Like it you you couldn't like you're, yeah. you're not that that thing, and even if you know, even if you think about the music you listen to in high school is still being like your favorite thing, it isn't the same. Like it right. doesn't make you feel the same thing. It's it's not a feeling of new. It's a feeling of familiarity, and even that can you know can get old if you if you try to stay in it for too long. So I don't I don't agree with that because these okay. characters have been not around good. for way longer than twenty five years. So for for more than twenty five years before that, it did work. You did have those same feelings. As you came through the the late eighties, people who had grown up you know reading them in the fifties. We're like, oh, these aren't the same. They're not going to feel the same way about them. Like they were, you know, it, it's a, just a different thing. And you're a different person. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I I think I that's I fair. I, I don't know about that. But I know. Right. I, I, could, I could see. I could see. I, actually, I see. But to, to once again, to be in the middle, I see both of the, that point of view. You know, I mean, I see, you know, like you do evolve, your tastes do change. And, and but I think that there's also a dramatic bond that is built with, with characters that I mean I know it I feel it that's why I think comics are different than other media and that's why we were talking about Kingpin you were talking about you know Sopranos it, what works on a TV show that lasts for a couple years doesn't what works for a character that's around for 60 years yeah to me and so you build this generations long bond with these characters and I think for the first time we're seeing them go away and that's why it's different now than before the characters are gone, which yeah. they, didn't, they didn't do before. Well, yeah, or 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 that they're gone. They're gone in the way that we remember and liked about them. You know, because they, you know, characters are around and kicking, but like they're different. They, they, yeah. these characters, these characters have changed dramatically in the way that they are characterized in the past five years. I think than any time that I've been reading comics. Yeah, 
And I don't see the indication of that changing. That's what I'm saying. I will see. I'm hoping the little is, but I don't see an indication of it changing. Well, thank you for that voicemail, Alex from Brazil. It was wonderful. And if you've got a question, you can email us or send a audio file to us at contact at ifanboy.com. That's how you get on the show. I wanted to quickly mention one more time the anthology of short prose stories that I was involved with. Did a story for called Waiting to Be Forgotten, Stories of Crime and Heartbreak Inspired by the Replacements. All the stories in the book are, are inspired by a replacement song, Seminole, Minnesota. It's not about Indie the Keanu Reeves football movie. It's a good cast in that. Because I would have yeah. I would have read that book. Yeah. Um, Josh, can you get this on Amazon? You can get it on Amazon.com. So go to uh, the Amazon link on ifanboy.com and then search for Waiting to be Forgotten. Yep. Uh, yep. Cool. So we have so many podcasts that they're, they're literally piled up all around me. So if you want to go back in the feed, it's you can... tremendous. You can tremendous check podcast. Out, just the best podcast. You can check out our most recent book, Splode, Russian Olive to Red King by Stuart and Catherine Imminen. Uh, we did a podcast about the first episode of Riverdale. We did a podcast about the first episode of Powerless. Connor and Ryan and Paul did a podcast about Justice League Dark animated movie. Connor and I talked about the new TV show Legion on FX. Yep. Those are all in the feed underneath the show, so you can check those God. out. A lot. Oh, down. It's not stopping there because this past weekend the Lego Batman movie came out, and you know we were like, that's comics, so we all went to go see it. So uh, you're going to get a podcast about a Lego Batman movie, and then Josh has got a uh, Talk Explode coming up this month. So lots, that's still, right. still lots can... to look forward to. Yeah. Do you want to unveil the, the, the subject of the Talk Explode? Yeah, sure. I talked to uh, Judd Winnick formerly DC Comics and Marvel Comics writer, and now he's, he's creating a series of kids' books called uh, Hilo. You may remember him from the real world San Francisco as well. Judd and I talked for a good long time, and uh, that will be your way in the, in the nearest future. And also, cool. then a couple weeks, we'll have a Logan show, because that's coming out soon. Yes. Train oh, keeps rolling. Train keeps rolling. All night long. All right, so head over to fanboy.com. That's where you can find all of those podcasts that Ron just listed. If you like us at Facebook.com slash iFanboy or follow us at iFanboy on Twitter, you can find out what the pick is before the show comes out. You can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan, at Ron Exo, and at C.S. Kilpatrick on Twitter and Instagram because we know the value of keeping your name the same across multiple platforms. <laughs> and, we were, and we were early enough that it isn't the real Connor Kilpatrick. Right. <laughs> that other Connor Kilpatrick would be like, what the hell? Uh, and if you like... If you like that kind of humor, you want to go leave a review on iTunes, or if you just like the show, or if you don't like the show, you there's also an equal opportunity for you to say so there, but it will hurt our feelings. Better yet, you can tell your friends about it, spread the word, both through real life and, and social media or wherever. If you like something about the show, let people know about it. That is our big deal. There's this joke that we've had here forever about introducing your mom to podcasts. I don't, I, I can't speak to the advocacy of that. I don't know. <laughs> I, just want to hear, I, I just want to hear from one mom who still listens. <laughs> My son gave me this USB in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> I never read a comic book in my life. I just want to hear from a mom. Have either of your moms ever listened? No. <laughs> yes. Yes. I texted my mom the other day because her birthday is coming up. And I had to basically I had to send something to a friend of hers. And I said, I got a package coming from my mom. Look out for it. And she goes, your mom and I listened to your show the other day. And I was like, oh, geez. which one? She was like 570. I was like, oh, like the new one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so they listen. Does that mean they listen every week? I don't think so. Because, I mean, it took 570 episodes to get them to listen to one. Oh, what if it's been this whole time? They just haven't told you. I feel like I'd have heard some more feedback in that time. That's very funny. All right. Congratulations. All right. Well, let's, well if you're a mom, please write in. Let us know. Until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Bye, mom.
faster. I'll 